Ulterior. What's up, everybody? So, this is part two of the ongoing series this week where I go over my top 50 favorite records of 2022. So, yesterday, part one looked at records 50 to 41. If you haven't checked it out yet, please do that before this one. And then this episode looks at records 40 to 31. So, stay tapped in and thank you so much for your support. Number 40 is Datura by Boston Manor. So what we know as of right now is that Datura was part one of a two-part album project by Boston Manor. Part two is releasing in 2023, and for that reason, I think the biggest gripe I can possibly point out with Datura is that it does sound like an incomplete record. Like, this does feel like a teaser more than it is uh, like a full standalone release that I can gas up and tell you guys really showed the effectiveness of Boston Manor. So, like... I don't really feel comfortable like fully analyzing Deter until then, but it was a record this year. It happened and I loved it, so it has to go on this list in some uh, fashion. And I feel like there is enough on this album to like really show that Boston Manor, they can still be them at any given time. The lead single Foxglove, one of the catchiest songs of the year. Passenger has this really like beautiful flow to it, and especially like the uh those like dance elements that get thrown into the verses. I think Inertia as a single was this really like gripping and charging song and then getting to hear the full version of it as part of Detura, you get the second half of it that is meant to set the stage for the next portion of the album and I really cannot fucking wait to get to hear what that sounds like. And then just, you know, uh, Floodlights on the Square has that exact energy from Boston Manor that I think is so energizing and it really, really plays all their strengths. Shelter from the Rain, it's like this interlude track, but it's uh, it has like enough of a duration to really stand it on its own. And putting all these elements together, I think Boston Manor have something with Datura. And if this was like a complete album, then maybe, actually not maybe, I know for a fact I would have had it ranked much higher. But as Datura stands right now, I think this is where it should go. This is where it belongs. And I feel as uh, excited for the future of Boston Manor as I ever had before. Number 39 is Out Loud by True North. What's crazy and shambolic is that I actually didn't review out loud when it initially dropped because for whatever reason, I had like a bunch of shit to do that's, uh, that week at the end of July and I needed something from my lineup to cut and I was like, hey, True North, go away. And now I'm here talking about it as one of my favorite records of the year. So yeah, that's uh, that is my fault. I feel like a lot of things are my fault and this especially is my fucking fault. Um, 
out loud, it really establishes True North's sound and identity in a way that I think is enough to create this standard where I can expect nothing but greatness from True North moving forward. I look at this record, and the song that stands out the most to me is Fix. Fix came out at the end of November 2021, so it was not eligible for anything this year. But I will tell you guys right now, had Fix been a 2022 song, legitimately a top 10 or even top 5 song of the year, I cannot stop listening to Fix. There is something very infectious and addictive about that song that you just cannot pull me away from it for anything. And I think the same thing can apply to this stretch later on in the record where you have songs like Picture Perfect and Stalemate and Center Frame and just how they're able to take this like emotionally gripping style of True North and layer it with this like alt-rock kind of sound that just really, really perfectly puts this label on True North as a potential pillar band for the future and you know provided that they can continue to put out material of this caliber i don't see why that can't happen number 38 is hella by just friends There is no other band on this list that sounds like Just Friends, and I feel like there's no other band in the scene that sounds like them either. Just Friends have this very unique identity to themselves, and it's not cool just because nobody else is doing it. It's cool because of how fucking well Just Friends can do this sound. You go into the opening track, Love Letter, and right away, that like energizing like funk and R&B and alt style mixed into one another just crafts this immaculate sound that I could not get enough of all year long. And I feel like Hella is a record where it could be like a default album per se. And what I mean by that is like, say I'm getting through some reviews for the week and I'm like, okay, what do I want to use? Like, like a palate cleanser? What can I listen to right now to just like reset my mind? Hella is right there. Hella is easily that fucking album. And, you know, it's not just Love Letter, it's Shine, it's Fever. I can't say enough good things about Fever. I remember hearing that a while back, a couple years ago. And Fever sounds just as good right now on Hella as it did all the way back then. Same thing with the song like Sizzle, which I remember being on an EP from uh, Just Friends last year. And the way that that song is able to kind of, like, bring these ideas together. And uh, there's so many songs on this record that really do that. Um, and, and then the closing track, Sunflower, that actually has like this, like a aged classical vibrancy to it. And normally songs of that nature, I don't really fuck with. and I don't gravitate too often, but just friends were able to put Sunflower together in a way where I cannot do anything but feel this song and feel for it. And I think that there is so much on Hella that I can just sit here for days on end and gas up and I will never be able to express in any of that reasoning what Hella sounds like. You just have to hear it to believe it. And I feel like this album is going to age incredibly well moving forward. Number 37 is Victim of a Modern Age by Modern Error. Something that I remember when reviewing this album back in January was 
the sheer unbelievability that I felt this album possessed. And I also remember like taking a picture of my laptop screen with Spotify open playing this album and posting to my Instagram stories, something along the lines of like, I can't believe anything that I'm hearing. And I think why I felt that way was because this album is kind of a mess when it comes to the amount of like electronic bits and pieces thrown in. And they're electronic bits that on some records and executed by some bands, they would sound very like flawed and forced. But with modern error, that's not the case at all. Everything fits. Everything works. And it doesn't matter if it's on a song like Error of the World or um, Only One, where the sounds are able to allow modern errors material to like blossom and sound so streamlined like only one sounds like something that i could imagine myself hearing on like pop radio you know in, in that sense and then you get a song like lull and lull is just pretty much like it, the entire song is literally just zach speaking with like this vocal effect and it's so like strange but at the same time mesmerizing and i couldn't pull my ears or eyes away from anything modern era did this year and i feel like this album is one of those really weird ones that because of that nature and how different it is from everything else on this list there was no way i was going to forget about it from january all the way through now number 36 is coast is clear by outlining color I think when I reviewed this album, I called Outline in Color Outline in Hoopers, which is so fucking cringe now that I look back on it. But um, I understand where I was coming from because still to this day, a couple months later, I feel like Coast is Clear is a near perfect album. Like there is nothing on this album that I can look at and think it didn't work or it didn't pan out in the favor of Outline in Color. If anything, this album, it, it supersedes the abilities of outline color like they're not a band that i ever believed could do something like this yet they came forth with coast is clear and just shut me the fuck up i gassed up quicksand featuring michael swing for fox era in the top 100 list there are so many feature spots on this album that really do a lot to help shape it so i'm talking about like do your worst featuring julian from loveless uh stay away featuring benny from avoid and then toss the match featuring chris rota from like monster flames stay away with benny from avoid is one in particular that i look at and i just cannot believe how incredible i think it sounds and how well it's able to flow and the album itself like there are so many really well developed and well produced sections and specifically the courses on songs like super ego and bitter like they're able to just let the potential of outline and color become more than just that like this is a band that knows what to do and they know how to put it into practice and that is the end result and coast is clear is something that i think outline and color should be very proud of and so should their fans because this record is marvelous number 35 is mutilator by gatherers I needed this one because 
I felt like gatherers have been one of the most underrated and overlooked bands in the scene for the last couple of years. We Are Alive Beyond Repair was one of my favorite albums in 2018, and then to have gone so long, theoretically, with no new material from them, it was like, you know, the, the uh, I think it's the Family Guy meme where, like, you're poking something with a stick, you're like, come on, do some. Guess what? They fucking did some. Because Mutilator is one of the most grotesque and uncomfortable listens I've had all year with an album while simultaneously being one of the best. And I feel like the singles rollout really set the stage for what that was going to sound like. Black Mirror Gold has like that real just eerie and like gritty feel to it where it's like somebody's like clawing my spine when I hear that song and it's just something that I can't stop listening to. And then there was another song, Suffocator featuring Dan Lampton, formerly of Real Friends, which has this different tone to Gatherer's style and a different pacing, but at its core, it still gives off that really, uh, again, just gross feeling to everything happening here. Uh, Honey on the Marrow, I spoke about that Top 100 song series, go check it out. That song has just lived rent-free in my head for the last month, and I don't want it to be anywhere else. I don't want that song to go anywhere else. I don't want this record to leave me, and I have this attachment to Mutilator that... Maybe with more time, it could have been higher on the list, but as it stands right now, I feel like this is a good base level for it, and if anything, Mutilator is only going to grow on me further from here on out, and I think Gatherers is just a band that, if you're not tapped in by now, fucking do what you gotta do, because Gatherers is this immensely mesmerizing experience that nobody should miss out on. Number 34 is Hell Finds You Everywhere by Thousand Below. This series should have been finished last week. The reason it's not is this fucking record. And the fact that Thousand Below had to go and drop it on December 9th when I really, really, really could have used that December 2nd date or even the Black Friday date, but you know what? Whatever. It is what it is. I'm doing the series right now, so clearly we move, we ball, no matter what Thousand Below decide to do, and I have no regrets about waiting for Thousand Below to drop Hell Finds You Everywhere before proceeding with this series because I would have been missing out on one of the coolest listening experiences I had all year long with any record from any band. Thousand Below is an act that whenever they do something, like I drop whatever it is I have going on at that moment and I tap in, I pay attention because Thousand Below, the quality of their material warrants that reaction and nothing else. And looking at the singles rollout, Venenosa, Face to Face, like, they kind of set that stage for, you know, the patented Thousand Below style Sabotage. It's a much slower song, but I feel like Sabotage is really able to, like, pull me in even further and establish the emotional side to Thousand Below that has always been there. And whenever they're really flourishing in that style, they are unmatched in a lot of ways. Um, I think Silent Season is this exceptional track that might be one of the more like overlooked on the album right now, but I, I think it stands toe-to-toe -to -toe with any of the best Thousand Blow songs to date from any of their projects.
everybody is at the top of the game on this album. I think James has really been able to develop as a vocalist in a lot of great ways over the years. And while this might be overall my least favorite Thousand Below album, the vocal performance by James might be the best. And I think that there is a lot of good to come from this record. I think there's a lot of good for Thousand Below to really build upon and capitalize on in the future. And Hell Finds You Everywhere, you know, I've only had a week or two or whatever it's been at this point to spend with it. But in that time, I have learned to love and adore this record in a very grandiose manner. Number 33 is Cult Mentality by Avoid. Just overall, one of the most fun albums of the year, and I don't think there was anything else that this could have been. I feel like Avoid, they've been able to come into their own in a really big way, and you can sense that through just how fluid and crisp songs on here, like Cowabunga and a Whatever Sound. I especially love the video for Whatever, and kind of how like it just takes the piss out of the you know, cliches and stereotypes about 2000s post-hardcore and, like, the setting for the videos and uh, the dance routines, all that shit. I think whatever is just a, a really cool concept and it plays really well into the song and the way that that proceeds to go. Um, Split Kill It, I mentioned that Top 100 song series, and I think that song just kind of um, plays to the strengths of Avoid whenever it is that they are chasing after that metalcore style. Um I remember saying something along the lines of like the intro to finish line three sounded like, uh, tastes like heaven bacon by Iris Little Bear once. And comparing Iris Little Bear once to avoid is not at all what I'm doing because, you know, polar opposites. But what I'm saying is that avoid have the ability to take their style and kind of just morph it into whatever it is they feel like doing at that moment. Um, one of the best closing songs on any record all this year, in my opinion, Midnight Six. The way that that song can just carry the emotional side of Avoid all the way through is thoroughly exceptional, and I feel like everybody in Avoid played their parts and really played up to the strengths of this act, and Cult Mentality, even if as an album I don't prefer this over the Burner EP from two years ago, this is still a quality release from a quality band. Number 32 is Dark Sun by Dayseeker. Oh my god, it's not metalcore. Oh my god, this song sucks. Fuck you, man. Shut the fuck up, seriously. God, there was not really any other album this year where the discourse just irritated me to fucking ends of the world the way that Dark Suns did because there is so much about this album where it can't really be compared to Sleep Talk or anything that Daysuke did prior because of the circumstances surrounding it. Like, Roy Rodriguez pretty much said it the way that he needed to on Twitter. Like, he lost his father. He wasn't in the mood to go into his studio and write songs like uh, Crooked Soul or whatever the fuck else he f did before. 
there's a certain mood and a tone that Dark Sun needed to have in order for Rory to grieve and get his feelings out there. And the end result of that was something that is admittedly more akin to Heartwave than it is Dayseeker. But I feel like even with that notion, Dark Sun brought forth some of the coolest sounds and themes ever explored by Dayseeker. I, I mentioned before how Neon Grave, it, it kind of just like really put me in this headspace early on into the record cycle where I was prepared for more material from Dayseeker that was going to move me in a like electronic based kind of a style as opposed to something heavier and more patented to what they were doing beforehand. And going through the rest of Dark Sun, like there are so many songs on here where I am able to just get lost in and have this like sad rave energy with them for lack of a better way of really phrasing that i remember on the song midnight eternal hearing like that initial drop in it it was something where i'm like yo this is really really fucking crazy um you can still have those like really vibrant moments especially on a song like crying while you're dancing which i think is one of the more upbeat sounding songs on the album even though it's not upbeat but hopefully you guys know what i'm what i'm trying to say um this album has no shortage of just really gripping emotional tracks paper heart parallel afterglow hazel song like these tracks i understand why rory felt like this is what he needed to do and i'm glad that he chose this direction because it's something that was able to help him hopefully and i feel like it can help not just myself but so many others who have had to explore these ideas before in a real life setting and dark sun you know yeah it's doesn't sound like dayseeker totally but i admire everything about this album and i feel like this is one of the most appropriate style switch-ups for any band in recent memory number 31 is destroy rebuild by destroy Rebuild until god shows Craig Owens is a voice of a generation for myself. I feel like there's a certain like time period of my life and my adolescent years specifically that were kind of shaped by his voice and his material and his lyrics and just something about Craig Owens. It like, it invigorates this nostalgic feeling within me. So to be able to get new drugs material this year, that, that meant so much to me, guys. Like I really cannot emphasize that. Like that was, a, a huge part of my excitement for the scene in the summertime and to have destroy rebuild in hand and be able to intake material off of here like gold and destiny just these songs that mean as much to me right now as i would imagine they could have back when i was 15 or 16 you know literally the age that i was when the last destroy rebuild no gotcha's record released i also feel like this album really reminded me everything about like Craig's livery and what makes him such a remarkable vocalist and a remarkable frontman. I look at the way that a song like Satellite's Emotion is able to have like that straightforward alt rock sound and be so catchy and energizing while at the same time on the same album 
What's the Code for Heaven's Gate is able to be this emotional and captivating song that I am like just on the verge of tears listening to. And there is so much about Destroy Rebuild to God shows that I, again, I am as invigorated by this shit right now as I would have been 12 years ago. Like genuinely, in the same breath, this band can slow things down with the longest road and then pick it right back up with Are We Not Drawn Onward to New Era? And to have the reaffirmation this year about just how good drugs are and Craig Owens is, that was big for me. Like, that was really, really fucking special. And that's it. Those were the records that I had placed from 40 to 31 on this list, and so that concludes part two. Um, We're almost halfway through the list, and that's really fucking crazy to think about, and... I'm still so eternally grateful for all the support, and I don't know why you guys are choosing to hear me talk about this shit, but you are, so sincerely, genuinely, honestly, you fucking rule. Thank you for listening, I hope you enjoyed this installment, and as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene. 